Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it's been Chief of Palooza here on 610 Sports Radio. Mitch Holtis on at 6 o'clock with Chiefs Kingdom. Dusty Likens, Red Reaction next. But now it's time for the Therese Paylor Show, a weekly look at the Chiefs and around the NFL. Follow him on Twitter, at Therese Paylor. Also host the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. By the way, was also a friend of mine. Good evening, Therese. Bank, my man, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Therese? We got a lot, and I mean a lot to chew on with the Chiefs in the National Football League. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We got a playoff picture coming, mm. right? We got to talk a little bit about how the Chiefs are going to fare, right? We got we got no shortage of things to talk about, so I'm fired up, man. Let's oh. roll. Hey, man, I'm ready. This is a grab-your-popcorn weekend, all right? Divisional That's round's right. always been my favorite round of the playoffs but this wild card weekend having triple headers on saturday and sunday Trez, <laughs> this is grab your popcorn don't leave the house you don't need to you've got great matchups this weekend and we'll get into all of them here in a little bit when we look forward uh, to the games and who could be the chiefs next opponent but first of all chargers 38 chiefs 21 yesterday Therese. um in your opinion, is it better off being able to rest or is it better off being the Packers that still had something to play for? You know, being the, the team in the clubhouse never hurts. Would you rather be that or maybe a little bit something to play for and pull guys out as you go? Yeah, I'd rather have it wrapped up, um, especially when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. So, I, you know, I, somebody who will make up for any potentially like slow start um in the divisional round you know so yeah i'd rather just have it wrapped up make sure guys are 100 percent ready to go we, we know they'll be fired up and ready to roll um when the playoffs begin here so um why even have to risk it you don't have to put them in danger i'm good with it you know let's see where we are in a couple weeks if there's one team set to handle it it's the chiefs i mean andy reed 19 mm-hmm. and 3 after a bye during the regular season 7 and 2 mm-hmm. in the postseason after a bye. And let's face it, they didn't have many camps. Training camp was weird. And they did not look rusty at all against the Texans in week one. No, no. And, you know, again, it's just it, the continuity is really going to help them here. You know, just so many guys that have been through this war before of of January. So, yeah, I, I think that definitely helps these guys. And, um, you know, I definitely think that the infrastructure they have helps them avoid the potential slow start you get off to by resting a couple weeks in a row. So what now for Kansas City, uh, Therese? Uh, do you take anything from that game? Was there any player change that stood out? Darwin Thompson maybe earned some snaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a lot of, of stars shine in this game, but I was looking at one guy and one guy only 
in this game, Therese, that could really help. Well, Darius Harris and Willie Gay, sure, yeah. Willie Gay got injured, but they could help in the postseason. But I wanted to see how Wisniewski would do because they had him back yeah. at left guard, and you and I have talked about that. Could he could he make his way into that starting five in the postseason? Because I think the jury's still out on that. Yeah, because the thing with Wisniewski that, you know, both of us really, really appreciate is just the aggression, right? Yeah. <laughs> like this guy plays with an edge, and, you know, I know that's something that you and I both greatly um, appreciate and like, especially out of our interior alignment, which is a position where, you know, you can get away with it if these guys are just tough and smart, right? And I think I think Wiz, like, really, you know, he fits the bill there. Um, you know, he, he's, he played a couple snaps. He played a decent amount of snaps a couple weeks ago against the Saints. Um, and I, I thought there were some moments with the run blocking here this week, you know, pass blocking. Eh, but, but, but I do think there's some opportunity here for him to maybe carve out a role. And I hope he does because, you know, again, like, I, I think – that that veteran experience on this line will go a long way going forward. So that it actually would say something to me too if he doesn't play. Um it would mean to me that the other guys um just have been better and that they trust those guys more. Before we close Which isn't a bad thing either. No, no, not at all. Before we close the door on this regular season in twenty twenty, Andy Reid said this today about getting everybody's best shot and repeating. And I'm gonna ask you about these last seven games when it's done. But here's Coach Reed on getting everybody's best shot. Yeah, well, I think it uh, – listen, I've been there before. I kind of know how that goes. I, I think for your team, um, you can stand there as a coach and tell the guys, hey, listen, it's going to be faster every step you take. The competition level is ridiculous. There might be a player or a side of the ball that you looked at during the season and you go, ah, they're just – but immediately today, uh, you're you're going to get their best. And it's going to be faster and more aggressive and, and da, da, da. So that, those are things that, um, to experience, um, you know, you, know, I, you can't, you, you, I can st- like I said, you can stand there and say it, uh, but for our guys to have experienced it, I think was the most important thing. And, and we have the majority of the team coming back. So it's, um, now it's important that you just don't take it for granted that, oh, yeah, we're going to up our game too. No, you got to work at it and bust your tail and dedicate yourself. Be selfless and humble. All those things are important. So when you when you get into this and everybody is going to give you their best shot plus some and uh, you, you get yourself uh, doing the same thing. Well, it's go time. As Patrick Mahomes tweeted yesterday, Therese, I'm sure you saw it where he said go time. For the postseason. Now, look, this last seven games, they've won by six points or less. That's an NFL record. But if I have a glass, if I have a uh, bottle of Dr. Pepper, you can look at it as half empty or half full. I tend to look at things as half full, Therese. The fact that you win those games, and I remember Rich Gannon, who comes on the station on 430 on Wednesday, said, hey, that'll help prepare them for the postseason. How do you look at these close games? Because the national media say the Chiefs have played close games, but that that's true. But they've won those games, and I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, personally, I've been around this league long enough to know that only one thing matters, really. Like, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what, one thing matters. Did you win or did you lose? Yep. Like, I get it. Like, I understand, you know, people need stuff to talk about. But this really feels nitpicky to me. Like, they didn't win by enough. They won. Like, it's so hard just to win in this league. Like, any team can jump up and bite you if you don't bring it. They won 14 the games. They were 14 to 15 games. They were really trying. Like, I don't care. Like, that's just me, though. I don't care. 
Um, and I would hope that Chiefs fans remember the bad days well enough that they don't care either, to like significantly. Now, if you want to say, hey, you know, I'm worried about this area or that area, it might come back to bite us. Like, okay, I'm definitely willing to listen to that. Hell, I even do that myself. But like, you know, people would like to say, uh, man, why aren't they blowing people up? Because it's pro football? Because like every team sees <laughs> Kansas City and knows if they don't bring their best game plan and like physical, uh, if they don't bring their best physically and the coaches don't bring their best game plan, they're going to lose by 30 or 40. You think those guys want to see Tyreek Hill dance in the end zone and, and, and pop in the end zone and, and backflip in there? Like, no. Like, <laughs> do you think they want to see like Travis Kelsey, like almost dunk on the goal? Like, no. So, like, of course these games are going to be close. This is a Super Bowl for a lot of teams because if you beat Kansas City, you get instant respect. Here's something else those games do when you face, when there's a team like Kansas City out there, okay? Guess what? Kansas City tape can get you paid, okay? So, like, if you're, like, a a, a fourth-year player, you're about to hit free agency, and your stats are okay, but maybe you're not getting a ton of playing time, but a little bit, guess what? We're going to look at that tape. If I'm another team, I'm going to look at the tape against Kansas City, and I'm going to see how you did. Play well against those guys defensively. Play, play well against those guys offensively. It can help you get paid. You understand what I mean? So just like from my point of view, my man, like I just, I, I hope there aren't a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm more, you know, <laughs> They're not winning by enough. Like I, I hope there aren't because, I mean, it's, the other guys get paid too. Yep. And it, it 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 just I know you're with me on this. Oh, you know, yeah. it just it, the other guys get paid too, man. These guys are good, and it, I'm just saying it it's it's kind of crazy that that's become a talking point. It's like they're 14 and two. Like I haven't seen the Lions go 14 and two like ever. <laughs> like it's like they're 14 and two. Yeah, it's the best record in the NFL, and and listen, it's wins and losses and divisional record and conference record. There's no style points. Like they haven't had that. Wake me up when there's style points in the standings, and then we can talk. But I told you there's three things to me. Running it back with the players, great. Running it back with the coaches, great. The fact that you can run it back by coming back 24-10-10 when the stage is the biggest and the brights and the lights are the brightest, that, that paid dividends. That's why the team has 10 comeback wins this yes. season, Therese. Uh, Justin Herbert was another guy that we got to see, albeit beast. against the second team for the Chiefs. But he's going to be a beast. And we'll get into the coaching change uh, with Anthony Lynn here in the next segment. We take a look at these coaching changes. But with Justin Herbert for a minute, this guy not only proved his worth, but when you can start a game at the coin flip, literally at the coin flip when the Chiefs, uh, when he didn't believe Anthony Lynn that he was starting and have the season that he did, is unbelievable. And he's not going anywhere. It's going to be Mahomes and Herbert, and it's going to be the Raiders and Broncos need to take a look in the mirror because they have two studs in this division. Yeah, Herbert's a Herbert's a total stud. There, listen, listen. Justin Herbert just finished one of the great rookie seasons in NFL history. That's that's not even hyperbole. Okay, <laughs> Herbert recorded the most touchdown passes, completions, and second most passing yards by a rookie quarterback ever. Okay, so uh, oh, by the way, he also surpassed Lamar Jackson as the youngest quarterback with at least 30 touchdown passes <laughs> in a single season. And these stats are not empty stats, by the way. I watch all these games. He's balling, like for real. Like there's athleticism. There's the gun. There's creativity. You can blitz him. It kind of doesn't matter, just like Mahomes. Like this guy's going to be something. 
like a problem. And please know the Chiefs are like gonna take note of this and like eventually, well, probably sooner rather than later, like they're gonna be building this thing to make sure that they can take care of Herbert. Like, like this guy's a good player. He's gonna be a good player for a long time. Yeah, no question about that, Trez. He, he's fun to watch. And just his ability, the way he spins the ball is unbelievable. His accuracy in 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 his in just just everything about him uh, really surprised me this year. You know, going back to hard knocks, Trez. Uh, you know, when they when they did the Rams and Chargers, they hardly did yeah. anything on Herbert. Like usually, they'll yeah. find somebody to spotlight him. I don't remember any little vignettes on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, man? In retrospect. Um, I feel like they were just like, no, <laughs> I feel like the Chargers 100% locked down their process, man. Like, I think they were just like, nope, we're not going to do a whole lot with Herbert. You're going to get limited access to him because he's obviously someone who, in retrospect, I would have loved to seen a lot more of. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, Therese, the MVP award. All right, it's been going back and forth. Uh, different people have entered it this year. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. It looked like it was Patrick Mahomes. He was the Vegas betting favorite. Mm-hmm. But then Rodgers, the last couple of weeks, kind of blew past him. And then, of course, King Henry getting to 2,000 yards, and we know how much he means because I feel that Tannehill goes how Derrick Henry goes with that Titans mm-hmm. team. I think there's no more person more valuable to his team than what King Henry is. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes. But King Henry, I'm looking at specifically um, the way he carries that football team. But – Patrick Mahomes was sitting in the clubhouse. You know, he didn't get to put up those numbers, didn't get to 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Will he be penalized for this? Will these votes be split up? Will we have the same thing we had with Kurt Warner and Steve McNair split the MVP? No, I think Rodgers is going to win it. Um, you know, more touchdowns, fewer interceptions. Um, you know, he, he finished the season strong. And, um, you know, he he did a lot of things to make up for you know, a defense that was kind of iffy in a lot of areas. So, you know, I, I think I think I think Rogers is going to get that sentimental vote because they, you know, they try to spread it out a little bit. And I know it's been a while since Rogers had his last one. So, I, I think that's how it's going to go. That's not to say Mahomes doesn't, you know, deserve some votes or deserve to be close. He does, and you know, I also think Josh Allen deserves to be mentioned here too because of what he's done to lift Buffalo to the AFC's second best team. So, and yeah, of course, Derrick Henry as well. You know, 2,000 yards as a centerpiece of an offense in 2020 is crazy because no one really thought that you could win running the football the way they do, but they are because he's amazing. So, no, I I think it's going to be Rodgers, but this is a good, this is a good, um, this is a good uh, MVP crop. It really is. No question about it. We have a lot of fun with that. Coming up next, though, Therese, we'll look at the coaching carousel, a couple new teams added to the list, and more specifically, Eric Bieniemy, where he ends up. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Oh, I got a little too early there. Welcome back to 610 Sports Radio. The Honey Badger was on with Cody and Gold about 10.50 today, and of course, Patrick Mahomes at 2.15. But Andy Reid, 6.15, joins Fesco in the morning. Looking forward to that. But this is Therese Paler Show. Myself, Ian Therese, Therese Paler, of course, from the Yahoo Sports NFL Podcast, senior writer at uh, Yahoo Sports. Fantastic read on Ron Rivera and the Washington football team up there now at Yahoo. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. All right, Therese, we've got some new uh, new teams to the mix. Uh, we've talked about the Lions, Falcons, and Texans with that uh, coaching opening, and now the Jets have opened up the Jags and the Chargers. 
And you and I, well, I've been talking a lot about this season about Anthony Lynn because I wasn't sure he's going to make it with that 33-31 and 31 lifetime record. And I've told you all along, I feel it's the best fit for EB. Now, he interviewed with the Lions. He interviewed with the Falcons. He's got a Jets interview set up. Chargers really haven't put anything out yet on who they're looking at. I think Brian Dable is one of those people. But two schools of thought, Therese. Yes, he would be in a division with Andy Reid. Yes, he'd have to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. But if I'm the Chargers, I'm looking at it, it's like, who knows Andy Reid as well as anybody? A guy that played for him and coached every day with him. Who knows Patrick Mahomes, EB? If I'm the Chargers, I make it too good to refuse. I feel that is the best fit. You may think something else. I think the Chargers is the best fit for EB. I think that's a great job. Um, that's certainly a great job because of the way Herbert has uh, developed this season. And I think that'd be a smart hire for those guys. I really, really do. But I think the great news for EB is that, you know, there's some jobs out there where you can really kind of make the place your own. Like, I still think the best job that teams are looking at and coaching candidates are looking at, like, wow, is Jacksonville because of Trevor Lawrence and the oodles of cap space and it's a young team. Absolutely. And a ton of picks and the, the expectations are fairly low, you know. Like, there's no Jacksonville history you got to live up to. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, that place, they've had losing season nine in the last 10 years, I think. So, um, you know, the low bar there to clear to hold on to your job, right, with a pretty high probability of doing so. But um, I, I do think the Chargers job is a really, really good one, a really strong one. And I and I can also see how Houston would be attractive or even Detroit if he can pick his GM. Like the the, the thing is that the, the look, there are some opportunities for these guys who are going to get hired in these spots to make the spot theirs. And, um, you know, I, I, but but even that said, you know, that Charger job is certainly number two. That's a great job. Yeah, the Jags have a ton of cap space going into the next year. They've got the picks. They've got the cap space. And it's certainly an area where you can choose which quarterback you want. I mean, if you want Trevor Lawrence, you can get Trevor Lawrence without any problem. But Justin Herbert's already kind of proved himself. You know what I mean? I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence can be a fine pro, but you already know Justin Herbert can do it. And I, I, I think that Chargers and Jags is 1-2. What about the Lions, Falcons, Texans, and Jets? Oh, you think the Chargers job is better? I have the Chargers at number one. Oh, I think uh, I get why you say it. And I understand it because you already know Herbert's already. I already got a proven commodity. I, I, and, you know, there's something to be said for the Spanos family. Like, oh, you know, I'll give you some time for the most part. You know, four years, Anthony Lynn, you know, that's that's a long. I mean, that's a long time in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'll get your time for the most part. Well, the Jags are set up, too, but I, I, I really like the Chargers and I get it. You're mm. playing Andy Reid, but these guys, you know, they have yeah. egos, you know, they can bring it on, you know. Yeah. That? But the bottom line well, is also. But Listen. they'll make it sweeter. I think the Chargers would make the pot sweeter because well, if I'm them, I want a guy that knows Andy Reid and I want a guy that knows Patrick Mahomes. Those two things are very yeah, important I, to me. Yeah, I'd want that. But the easiest way to the playoffs is to win your division, and you ain't winning the division. It's hard to win the division. In fact, with 1-5 in the division, I don't know. Well, I would feel a lot better. You know, okay, all right. No, this is good. But all these right, guys got some thing. pride, Therese. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no, it's I, a good look. Listen, I've told listen, you all along I, I felt I, that's the best fit for him. Listen, I got you, but like, hold on now, man. Like, what's the easiest path to the playoffs, man? Going through Mahomes twice a year, or, <laughs> or Philip Rivers about to retire, and then whoever they bring in there, Ben Roethlisberger about to retire, whoever they bring in there, you know, uh, you know, Tannehill's pretty good, <laughs> but but they might lose Arthur Smith. 
And I think he's a big key for why they're doing yeah. it. I don't know. I'm just I like football discussion like this. I think it's a discussion. I would pick the Jaguars, but it's close. It's really I, close. I am too, Terrell. But these guys have some gumption, man. You know, they got pride. They got a little ego that yeah. goes into it. You know, I need to break yeah. off and prove myself. Now, I have no idea Bro, if that's the way it is, we, but you know what? <laughs> you want to face your mentor? You got your Justin Herbert. You got your Derwin James. You got your Bosa. You've got young talent on that football team. You're in L.A. in the most expensive stadium by far in the league, even way more than the Legion Stadium. I'm just saying, man, the bright lights of L.A. get me. Listen, I hear you. Look, that's a great job. Listen, here's the thing, though. When there's millions on the line where if you can stay employed as a head coach for five, six, seven years, now you've got that kind of like long-term wealth, you know, um, you know, you, you, these when there's millions on the line, these guys are more than okay stacking the deck in their favor. <laughs> they <laughs> well, believe in stacking the deck, man. Trust me. <laughs> well, the Texans would be uh, obviously Deshaun Watson passed Patrick Mahomes for yardage, obviously because Patrick didn't play. Having Deshaun Watson, and I, I've seen this guy just totally light it up against Alabama, some of the best defenses mm-hmm. in college football. And I like Deshaun Watson a ton. I just don't know organizationally. They've had some some wild things go on there. And then you had the J.J. Watt calling the team out. I'm not sure. Falcons, good ownership. Matt Ryan, by the way, 10 straight years of 4,000 yards. But if you go to Atlanta, you're dealing with an aging quarterback with a big contract. Yeah. The Lions they need to get another young quarterback in there, too. The you Lions know, that, a that challenge. That job is not that appealing to me, actually. Okay. Because like, they got to do something. Like, they're going to have to do something with that guy. And that roster needs some work. And I guess the only good thing about that, too, is that that division – that division's got a bunch of old quarterbacks, too. And Carolina needs their long-term answer, too. So, I don't know. There's, there's some interesting jobs out there, though, aren't there? Oh, there's some great jobs out there. I'm just saying, if I'm the Chargers, I'm backing the Brinks truck up, the EBs. Oh, there's saying, no doubt. What do you need, EB? Well, what do you need? Now, I know that these what? assistants will go and won't <laughs> raid the coaching staff. I know they'll go there, and they won't be calling Kafka and all these guys to come with them because Andy Reid's kind of got this Nick Saban thing about do him. It. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you build your own staff. Yes, it's the Nick Saban way. That's <laughs> what he let always him did. Bring people with him. It's hilarious. But I, you know, uh, I, I think I think the enemy would be a great hire for him. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens because there've been instances where I'm like, oh, that team's probably gonna make an offer to EB. Like I thought, I thought he had the Cincinnati job, and I tell you this, I'm not the only one who thought that either. Okay, and um, nope, Zach Taylor. So we'll see, man. You just never, ever know. You never know what these teams are going to do, man. It can look, it can look so sensible on paper, and then they're just going to zig. It, it's cr- this league is crazy. Well, to have a Super Bowl champion in this offense and <laughs> have the coaching tree not even rated last year was insane mm. to me because that's always the go-to. All right, who won the championship? They got the whole t- the whole coaching staff back off world champions. I was like, all right. All right, something's wrong here because there's some talented individuals on this on this coaching staff. And E.B. Therese stood out to me from the first day he was here in training camp because I could hear him coach. Now, I thought he might end up a Division oh, I yeah. coach. I, Eric Bieniemy is a coach's coach to me. Andy Reid spoke glowingly about him, the way that he speaks tough. to the offense every single day. But he was a coach to me that screamed coach. And Hayden Fry. When he was the coach at Iowa, he had this incredible coaching tree, Therese, but he said he only hired assistants that he felt could be head coaches. Like he would hire his assistant if he mm-hmm. felt that that's not your end-all, be-all, that you can be a head coach. And I look at Andy Reid much the same way that he was. Yeah, because he 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 lives up to that coaching axiom of like, 
like he understands that players are really listening to you when they know how much you care. And like, I mean, you can, they'll accept the hard coaching too, if, if they know how much you care. So he, he lets them know he cares about them as people, but he coaches them hard. And he's like one of the rare coaches that can, that can really push players and prod them and, and really like, yeah, you know, there's a discipline element of this deal here and he's going to demand your best every single day as he likes to say you know he's going to do that every single going out there and making sure that you understand what the process is and what the goal is every single day there's a reason he keeps repeating it because he repeats it multiple times a day to his players so they cannot forget it and he's tough on them man like i know you're saying we were out tough there love. at those spring training yeah at those spring camp practices at those at the off-season practices when you could hear this man yelling from 50 100 <laughs> yards away and it was always hilarious it, and and they it wasn't always positive either it was more than just finish you know, he could be hard on a player when they didn't finish the play or when they didn't when they missed a block or when they couldn't make someone miss an open field. Like he was awesome at that stuff. And he was a he had a big personality then. And I don't see that changing as the head coach. I don't. No, so I don't see I that. I hope he gets a job soon. Yeah, and he, he's he knows the playbook. Andy Reid, he like memorizes it. He's got one of those photographic memories like Mahomes. Like he'll he'll memorize it. Here's what uh Andy Reid said uh, today about Eric Bieniemy interviewing for jobs. Yeah, so Eric, uh, he, he's uh, got a couple, three different things that he's looking at, and uh, there might be more uh, as the day goes on. They 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 come in kind of in groups here. So, um, uh, but he he he'll take care of business today with a couple of them, and um, and then move on with the remainders and. Uh, and he's got, you know, a couple three days here to deal with um, before we we actually practice on Thursday. So uh, it's a good time to get that done. Uh, in the meantime, the assistants we we keep rolling, so we, we keep going and uh, making sure that we pick up any uh, time that he's not here. Now you know how EB is. I mean, he's not going to let things get in the way. I mean, he, he he's going to stay on top of everything if he has to stay up all night to do it. So he. He does a great job with all that. It's EB, man. These Zoom calls not going to bother him. That's kind of the beauty of this thing, Therese. They don't have to leave an interview. They can just do it on Zoom. I know. And that way it's a positive thing for him, man. You don't got to go do the interview thing. And, it, you know, just in case anybody's ever wondered, like, you know, you don't, you guys wonder why, like, you know, you almost never know, like, the, the play caller and how the plays are getting called. It's, it, this is why Andy Reid will always have, like, a say in the play calling. Because, you know, if you just give it to an offensive coordinator and you have as much success as they do, like, they're going to go and they're going to have interviews, man. And, like, that's important for consistency to Andy still be a part of that. Because, you know, he knows that he's got, like, a pipeline job as an offensive coordinator. Like, he knows that. And he the, the consistency there is important of having the same, like, the same knowledge of what worked and, you know, how to spit it to the guy. Like, that stuff matters, man. So that's why, like, that's why the Chiefs play calling structure is what it is so that, you know, um, he's got a pipeline job and his offensive coordinator, but they'll never be at the mercy of that guy interviewing. But I also know this, too. He's right. Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> the 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 focus as far as the game plan will not change no matter what he's interviewing for. Yep. That man is solely 
devotely, you know, singularly yeah. committed on the task at hand. He will shut it down. Sure that those guys are in the best position to win when their next game. Yeah, he will shut it down and he'll prepare for mm -hmm. the next opponent. There's no question about that. Coming up next, Therese here on the Therese Paler Show. A wild game last night. We'll turn our attention to the NFL. And your column out today on Ron Rivera, and I think it's interesting because it involves former chief Alex Smith. We discuss what was a wild debacle on Sunday Night Football last night. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. The clock has hit zero, and in one of the strangest years in NFL history, Washington changed its culture, changed its name, and went from picking second in the draft to finishing first in their division. The Washington football team has won the NFC East. It was wild. It's debated. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Check out Therese's article, Yahoo Sports. He called it a train wreck. Ron Rivera, sometimes in the NFL, just like in life, it pays to more, be more lucky than good. From the article, it's titled, Trainwreck Win Over Eagles Does a Long-Term Payoff for Washington. <laughs> Therese Paler laying the smack down. What happened last night? Because uh, Jalen Hurts looked pissed. Afterwards, he said Sudfield deserved to it. And Joe Judge, I don't know if he's seen what's going around on Twitter. He lays the hammer down at the Eagles for not finishing 60 minutes. What happened last night? I know this. Joe Judge is going to remember this, okay? Oh, he will. Joe Judge is going to have – that dude, I think uh, Charles mentioned this on the pod recently. Like, Charles um, – Joe Judge is a note taker. You know, he'll remember this. <laughs> Scoreboard um, watcher. Yeah, and you got you got to also remember, too, man, that the Eagles went from ninth in the draft to sixth by losing. So, <laughs> um, I'd, listen, it – we didn't need to get an extended look at Nate, you know, Sudfield. No. Like, we didn't need that. We just needed to see more of Hurts. Like, you would think you would want more of that evaluation if you're about to get rid of Carson Wentz. So, um, I don't blame Joe Judge for being mad. I get it. I just, the point of the column was I hope that people, like, take a minute to appreciate not so much what Washington has, because that franchise, because of Dan Snyder, it's like, uh, you know. But the players found a way to overcome all the distractions. And there were many from the name change to the lawsuits to all kinds Haskins. of stuff, right? Haskins. And, and Rivera really, you know, overcoming cancer, beat cancer during the season, getting IVs at halftime to lead this team to a seven and nine record and a division crown. Like that's a, that's a hell of a season. I think he's your coach of the year, man. Is that what you say? Because right now, Therese, you look at the defense. Of course, he's a defensive guy. They finished second in the NFL behind the Rams oh, yeah. in yards per game. I mean, that's yeah. that's impressive. That's no fluke to finish that way. And Alex Smith, his wife, makes yeah, takes his brace and makes it into a Lombardi trophy uh, with his brace and everything he's gone through. What a great story that team is. You would give it to Rivera, even though he won it in 15 and 13. That's your guy. I would. Okay. I would. I would do it. Um, you know, listen, Flores deserves some thought here too. Like, like I get it, but at the end of the day, he didn't you know, close. Ron, you know, Ron uh he did it this season. I know that division stinks. I got it, but nobody picked these guys to go to the playoffs. We all had them at four and twelve in his first season. Come on, man. We all had him at four and twelve. <laughs> but uh, you know, Flo. Flo, I, if you wanted to give it to Flo, I'd be good with that. I get that. I respect that. Um but I think he actually would have – it would have helped his case significantly if he made the playoffs, but they didn't. No, I'm with you. That That's who I was going to give it to. What about Stefanski? 
in Cleveland. You know, first playoffs since 2 I mean, mm-hmm. well, what about him? He's done a hell of a job too, man. Like, I think he's in the mix for sure. Um, he could even win it. Um, but I think it says a lot when Rivera's like the odds on favorite. Like, he is according to Vegas. Um, but Stefanski's is a great case. Like, Cleveland hadn't been to the playoffs in 18 years. Um, you know, he, he found a way to break the Cleveland curse. You know, they dealt with some drama at the end of the season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by what the Browns have accomplished this year. And even if he doesn't win it, and even if they lose this weekend, what a positive step this has been for the Browns. But let me be clear. There's a chance he can win it. Here's a chance. All right, I have the Joe Judge. All right, here's the second half of Joe Judge laying it down. I want to ask you one question about that game. The sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in, to sit in meetings spaced out, to wear masks, to have shields over those masks, to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning telling practice is going to be canceled, we have to do a virtual day, okay, to tell them please don't have your family over for Thanksgiving, please avoid Christmas gatherings, we know it's your wife's birthday, let's make sure we put that one off to the offseason. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members and the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win. <laughs> We will never do that as long as I'm the head coach. In the <laughs> All right. Now, fair or not fair, because there's a lot of teams resting players, Therese. A lot of players. You know what? I mean, a lot of teams did rest players in this game. And also, you could look to and point to, well, they should have won more games than what they did to let it all come down to one thing. But, I mean, I was frustrated. I'll admit I was frustrated. But then I know that this is the way it goes in the league. I want the listeners out there to take a minute to appreciate my producer, Nick, and, and my man, Bink, here for making sure they put premium audio on my show. Joe Judge just expounding upon why he and his team <laughs> will never quit. Nothing encapsulates the Therese Paler show more than that, first of all. Second of all, Street I love Justice. That. The street ju- maybe Street <laughs> Justice. Maybe Street Justice. Street Justice and then, you know, Joe Judge's just diatribe against tanking was great. Um, that's what we're about here. But no, Look, he's not wrong. I, you know, I get it. And I think that speaks to why his, like, tough guy act, like, worked in, in New York this year because it's genuine. And I was talking to Saquon Barkley about that. Like, and Saquon's a program guy anyway. Like, I feel like he buy into, like, me as a coach, you know. Like, he's a good kid, man. He's a good dude. But, um, you know, it's still saying a lot when those guys kept playing hard for Joe. They found a way to win this weekend, man. And I'm, I'm sure – that when the when the Giants and Eagles meet, they're gonna have something for them. You can believe that. Put that on Monday night. Let's go. Let's get yeah, us a good let's game. Go. Season opener. I'm <laughs> ready. 913-576-716-7610 J Southland Tow Service text line. Get your text in for Therese. We're gonna look around the NFL and we have some awards. I'm gonna ask Therese who's gonna win some of these awards in your questions. Plus, we'll look at what the grab your popcorn slate this weekend next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Rivers, ball the near hash, hands off to John. Oh, Taylor, huge hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss. 
rushing yards. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. Don't forget about my guy, Jonathan Taylor, third leading rusher in the NFL. I knew he could do it, but uh, it's time. And by the way, some great questions rolling in the text line. Let's go around the NFL. All right, Therese. Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards, 250 yesterday. But how about Jonathan Taylor sprinkling in a little 253, finishing as a third leading rusher in the NFL? Love him, love him. You know what the thing is about JT is that he seems to be getting a little stronger, man. Like he seems more quick somehow, seems more decisive. Maybe the line is just blocking better, but he is running with a little bit more juice. And guess what? They're going to need it this weekend. The Fendi hat wants to have any chance of winning in cold Buffalo. They're going to have to ride number 28. No question. The Colts look good, but not as good as this team looks. Part of football, I don't know about the record part, but you know, our offensive line did a great job, and, and our running backs helped me out a lot. And you see me blocking out for the tight ends doing their job. And it's, it's a team, you know, record break, not, not just me out there. So I'm um, hats off to um, everyone on the offense. That was Lamar Jackson after running for two straight years of 1,000 yards. No quarterback has ever ran for 2,000 yards in a season. Not even Michael Vick, he did it one time, but not twice. Lamar has done it back-to-back. This team averages 191 yards on the ground. Are the Baltimore Ravens back, Therese? Line's still not as good as it was at its peak last year, but it's certainly a lot better than it was earlier this year. They run the football like this. They got a chance to upset Tennessee, um, but they're gonna, they're gonna have to throw against Tennessee, man. Like They're gonna have to because Tennessee's pass defense stinks. And Baltimore has a unique opportunity here to throw the football and to help Lamar shed this reputation for not being able to throw when it really matters. So hopefully he can get that done. We'll get into that slugfest coming up this weekend in just a minute. But Therese, I've been talking, is, is well, obviously the loser of the MVP sometimes wins Offensive Player of the Year, sometimes not. But I think that... Uh, Offensive player of the year could go to Patrick Mahomes or could go yeah. to Derrick Henry. Right now, who's your offensive player of the year? Mm, the great question. Um, I, hmm, here's the thing. 2,000 yards is insane. And that is literally like the reason that those guys are good. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I think I would st- I think I would still go with Mahomes, but I but I definitely see a scenario where Henry wins, yeah. um, because that entire offense goes through that guy. And like you said, like you know, Tannehill's actually gotten pretty good, but but there's no doubt that it's based on the power run and the zone run too. And they just play action off that, and they play action you to death. And it doesn't work without Henry. It's just not the same. And so, Travis Kelsey. I do see a scenario where he can do it, don't yeah. you? And Travis Kelsey, had he played, would have had the record for, uh, or he would have uh, led the NFL in receiving yardage. He finishes yeah. second as it is. He finished first in the AFC last year, but Stephon Diggs, what an incredible year he had. What about Defensive Player of the Year? Naturally, we think Aaron Donald for this, but it was, well, in 13 and a half sacks in the interior. Insane. But TJ Watt making a strong uh, making a strong push as well. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. When you're talking about an interior defensive lineman with 13 and a half sacks, like, I don't think people understand how much harder it is to get to the quarterback on the interior. That That's insane. Um, TJ Watt had a great statistical season, right? And it must be said that, yeah, he had 15 more hurries than Aaron Donald. But I, I think the way Pittsburgh ended the season hurt them. I do. I, I think that there was a four to last five they lost. And like his effectiveness was affected a little bit by losing Bud Dupree. I think that hurts him, man. So we'll have to see. 
Um, you know, there are a lot of players that had great seasons, but I definitely think it probably comes down to those two. And I guess the edge goes to Donald, but I wonder if the stats might push some people to watch. And the Steelers rested all four captains yesterday with Big Ben and Pouncey on the offense and uh, in Watt and Cam Hayward on the uh, on the defense. So they rested all four theirs. But here's the slate for Saturday, Therese, and I'm curious which game strikes your fancy the most. I know you'd be watching them all. Colts at Bills at noon. Rams and Seahawks follow. Bucks at Washington football team at 7-15. Which is your delight from Saturday slate? Mm. These are all three good games. And I got to point out that I was – one of the main proponents against change to playoff structure because I thought it was perfect for equity, but more playoff football is not a bad thing. Like, I'm totally buying no. into this. I'm eating it up. I'm all in. So uh, I, I think the game is probably the most interesting. You know, Jared Goff still probably going to be iffy, and even if he does play, there's no way he's going to be normal. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with Indy in Buffalo. You know, I think Indy's got – a team with a good defense and a solid offense. Their defense is actually really good, but I'm interested in this game because if the Colts can't run the football, they're going to have a hard time. And I'm kind of interested in seeing if this is the Phillip Rivers three interception game I've been predicting all season in the playoffs. So that's definitely my delight because I'll be watching to see how Phillip well, handles it. And you brought it up. There are three losses. They've given up 200 yards a game on the ground. And Jonathan Taylor right. is a guy they could do that, but without Costanzo. Sunday, Ravens and Titans, a slugfest at noon. Bears and Saints at 340. <laughs> Browns and Steelers, the rematch from last Ooh. week at 715. Give me the Ravens-Titans as my delight of the entire weekend, not only Sunday. I love it. Um, a little rematch of the divisional round showdown last year. A little chance for the Ravens to get revenge. I'm in. I'm in. I got it. Like, I love that game. I don't know who's going to win that game. You know, I think we kind of think the Steelers will win. And some of these other games certainly have favorites. I think this one is. I don't know what the odds are now, but, um, you know, this, it's a push, man. And it's going to be a complete slugfest. Extremely, extremely physical football game. That's uh, why I have popcorn ready, Therese. I bought this huge bag at, at the grocery store. You know what I'm talking about? I got a little sprinkled cheese and sprinkled ranch. I'm ready for it. All right, we got tw- questions from the text line, 816. Does Brendan Daly get a shot at defensive uh, coordinator here sometime soon? You could throw Madhouse in that mix, too. Yeah, I, I would imagine it would go to one of those two if um, Spags ever decided to move on. You know, that said, he's been a head coach in this league before, so um, I don't know, you know when the next opportunity would come or where it would come, but, you know, there's still time on, on, on members of the defensive staff to emerge, but, um, you know, I certainly feel like, um, you know, the progress they've made in both those areas and some of the creative blitzes and stuff they've shown, like, I think those guys have a bright future in this league. Yeah, I think there's four coaches on this coaching staff that will be uh, uh, head coaches in the NFL at some point uh, from the 816 Therese should Byron Pringle get more of a look I can th- I think he could be a number two I will say this he's got the toughness Sammy Watkins brings a lot of toughness but Byron Pringle runs great routes and he catches the ball all the time he really should he does. get more of a like, look when he like the uh, the touchdown he scored that the route on it was superb you know and he was going against starters so um I think he's a guy that should be competing for you know he, he should be competing to be in the top four early next year. And, 
you know, they'll they'll go like they'll try to bring someone in over him, you know, but he might be able to hold off that guy because like let's say it's a top 100 pick. You know, rookies might need a little time to get ready, especially because, like, Mahomes is going to want things done a certain way. Pringle's explosive. He's been here. He's tough. You know, he's going to have a real opportunity to earn playing time here. And this is a great place to get paid, baby, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Listen, quarterbacks can elevate the talent. We've seen Jacob Tammy and Stokely and, and you name it, raise the elevation-wise with Peyton Manning. But... He had Reggie Wade and Marvin Harrison, all great quarterbacks, Marino, Duper, and Clayton. You got to have that. But at some point, yes, Patrick Mahomes can raise the talent level, but eventually they may have to go that Sammy Watkins route with the free agent or go through the draft. And I know that offensive line is a big need through the draft this year in the first round. But uh, make no question, Trez, I, I do feel they'll have to address that with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's why I'm saying, like, guys, expect – There'd be reinforcements in the draft and the offensive line. Also, a receiver, you know they can't help themselves with fast guys. And that makes sense, too. So, you know, they're, they're going to take care of that. That would be there. But they'll try to recruit over. You know, they'll try to bring guys in over them. But Pringle, because he's been here and he's a tough guy and he does all the little things, they'll have a chance to earn a bigger role in the future, I think. And finally, Therese for the 913, it's also a question I had. But I'll ask this. What happened to the Seahawks offense? They are eighth in the NFL in scoring. But they've only scored 23 points or fewer, including just 12 at the beginning of the month against the Giants. But their defense is not allowing the points they did earlier this season. Exactly. They don't have to. They never wanted to throw like that. You know, Seattle, Pete's about balance and running the football, and they've become more balanced again. And they've been able to do that because the defense has gotten a lot better. Um, You know, some of their additions have really helped them. Carlos Dunlap's really helped them. But also, guys, you know, Jamal Adams is a safety, but he plays like a rush guy. You know, he had nine and a half sacks or something like that. So, yeah, I, I just think they're playing more like the way Pete wants them to play. So the offense hasn't been shucking it the way they had to earlier in the season. But know that that side of Russell Wilson's in there. And if they if they need him to break that out in the playoffs, what they almost certainly will, it's out there. So that that's the deal there. That's what's happening there. Seattle's a dangerous football team. Therese, what is the snack of choice? I mentioned I'm going popcorn route. What are you doing for the games this weekend? We got to know this. Oh, pop, popcorn, bro. Dude, popcorn right. is money. Popcorn is money. Um, you know, I heard you say you sprinkle a little I cheese do. on it. I do. You like? You mean like cheddar? Like yeah, cheese? like the cheese, the nacho the cheese you get at the store, the ranch, yeah. the ranch on the on the popcorn. You kidding me? Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, man. Um, I like popcorn. I like. You know, I try to I try to get something healthy. I try to get healthy-ish popcorn at least. But <laughs> popcorn, fruit, you know, water. Uh, I like buy fives. Those are really good. But it, but honestly, man, I'm I'm taking notes when I'm working, uh-huh. and it's a fun time. So it, I could be having lunch or dinner watching the games too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for the Yahoo NFL podcast next week with Charles Robinson. Can't wait to do the Trez Paler show uh, next week. Trez, it's been a lot of fun. This will be podcasted here soon. All right, my God. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Therese. Dusty Likens, Red Reaction. It's where you call in with your takes on the Chiefs and what opponents do you not want to face here in the future. Huge thanks to Therese Paler and a huge thanks to my guy, Nick Price, for engineering and producing the operation. That's right, 913-576-7610. Dusty Likens, next!
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.